to me, he was beautiful in that picture. To me, he was so beautiful. It was everything I wanted to be. What was it that drove him to boxing? Well, my father grew up in the Depression, you know. My, my father was grew up. But at a young age, my father was born in 1919. And at a young age, his uncle, his uncle Paul, which they call him Furpo, which, again, it's in the book. It's, it's uh, you know, a big part of the book. Um, used to take him out and, um, and, and, you know, on the streets. And I got the time... The kids, you know, the depression era at the time, um, they, you know, it was almost like, it sounds lack of a better word, uh, human cockfighting, because they'd say, my kid can kick your kid's butt. No, my kid can kick your kid's butt. Nah, well, and they'd wager on them, and they have the kids, you know, fight it out. And my father, his uncle Paul, would put him in there, and he'd beat kids' age, and he beat older kids. He was fighting, he was 10 years old, fighting kids 12, 14, 15, 16 years old, and beating them. And so he became a heck of a, uh, my father had a great reputation on the street, and very, very, to this day, he's still very famous, the stories in Youngstown about when he was growing up. You know, one of so, the things that I find interesting, yeah, one of the things I find interesting uh, is that your dad grew up at a time when boxing was a very big sport in this country. I would have to almost call it the golden age of boxing. Who were some right. of the fighters that he really kind of looked up to, that he that he really believed in and liked the way they stepped and conducted themselves in the ring? My father's all-time idol. My father didn't have an idol, but he had one. It was Tony Canzaneri. Tony Canzaneri was the lightweight champ. Uh, and, and you know, and became a you know a welterweight champ in the nineteen uh, in nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. My father knew his career as well as anybody, and my father actually got the chance to meet him in New York when he went to Stillman's gym, and he loved Kansy, and he used to tell me the stories of Kansy. He also loved Henry Armstrong. He loved Henry Armstrong. That you know, and uh, he, you know he, he was the greatest fighter. But my father's all-time favorite is that the greatest heavyweight. I mean, his all-time favorite was Tony Cantonari, but he thought the greatest heavyweight is Joe Lewis. He said, and not only as a per, uh, fighter, but as a man. He loved Joe Lewis, and he thought he was the greatest. So my father, you know, had his heroes, too. And, uh, but he got, as you said, he came, he grew, he fought at a time when there's only three major sports. And if you didn't stand in the 20s and 30s, there was only, in 40s, there was only really three major sports. It was professional boxing, professional baseball, and horse racing. Those are three sports. Tell everybody why he did not get the opportunity to win the lightweight championship. Well, he was drafted in January of 1944, and he signed to fight for the title in February of 44. And he said to the Army, I want to defend my country. I just want the opportunity to, to, to fight for the title. And he said, I'll give all my money to the Army Relief Fund, which at that time was crying for money. And he said, I'll give all my money to the Army Relief Fund. He said, we don't want your money. We want you now. And consequently, he never got to, all he was asking for was a six-week reprieve to train and fight for the title before he went in, and they denied him. So uh, he went in, and he was so depressed that my father volunteered for the front line. Now, the front line, you know, front line infantry men, it's just you and the enemy. Ain't nobody in between. And he was in the field of battle for almost four months, and then he got hit with a motor shell in November of 1944 in Metz, the Battle of Metz, which was in France. And other than the Battle of the Bulge, it was the most destructive war in European theater of operations. So uh, he was left for dead, and eventually one of his comrades you know, carried him off, and they said he'll never live because he lost so much blood, and he got through that. They said, well, certainly he'll never walk because too much shrapnel near his spine, especially near his spine. 
and he got through that, and then he said, certainly he'll never fight again. But eventually he came back to fight. You, but you have to understand, he went into the number one lightweight contender, 135 pounds, and came out of middleweight, 160 pounds. Did he ever uh, get angry about what had happened to him, that he was kind of cut down in the prime of his sport? You know, it's funny you say that. Because, no, he never talked, I, I say that, he never talked angry about what happened. Because he, he said he was proud to serve his country. But once in a while I'd sit there and say, oh, Raymond, Raymond. I'd see he'd like stare off sometimes. And I'd catch him like in a moment. I'd say, Dad, what's the matter? And he'd say, oh, Raymond, I'd have won that title. I would have won that cha- uh, title. I'd have beat that champion. I should have been champion. And, you know, those are the times, he didn't talk angry about it, but I could see how he thought about it and how it always, you know, I guess you could say ate at him, you know? Mm-hmm. But he never talked angry about going, serving in his country or, or, you know, being in the Army. He loved, he thought it was an honorable thing. He did it was the right thing to do. He just wanted the opportunity to fight for the title. Did you ever feel any pressure?